Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. This is part three of a series we've been in. I can see myself. We've been filling in the blanks of ways, different ways that we need to see ourselves, have vision for ourselves. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, it says, By faith he, speaking of Moses, left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And this text really has been the crux of our series is Moses was able to persevere because of what he saw. He saw something in God no one else could see, and because of what he saw, he was able to persevere. And I want you to know how you see yourself is important to what you do in this life. If you don't see yourself free or can't see yourself free, you won't be free. If you can't see yourself healed, you're not going to be healed. If you can't, like we talked about last week, if you can't see yourself happy, you're not going to be happy. Having vision for yourself is not you trying to imagine something. It is you aligning your vision with God's vision. I would say this. I believe God sees something different when he looks at you and when he looks at me than when we look at ourselves. And I want you to know that when God looks at you, that is what you have to align your life with to make sure that you are everything that God's called you to be. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is a, a, a popular uh, passage of scripture, a popular story, and I've preached it different times, different ways, but I want to use it today as kind of a loose backdrop that we're going to pull some elements of our topic from, and uh, I believe it's going to speak to you. I really believe this. I believe God's awakening something in this room. Whether you feel it, whether you sense it, whether you know what's happening, I believe when you walked into this room, there is an atmosphere of faith that makes anything possible. Which means if you came in depressed, you're in a good place. If you came in in bondage, you're in a good place. If you came in needing vision, you're in a really good place. If you came in needing hope, you're in a good place. Amen. Amen. Y'all like, let me think about it. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 29 says, and David said, this is talking about David and Goliath. You guys know this. You learned this in Sunday school. David and Goliath. David is going from the fields to his brothers. The Israelite army has been battling the Philistine army. And uh, Goliath is a giant who is the hero, he, hero of the Philistine army. And this text picks up in verse 29. It says, David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Some of the most powerful words that David says in the entire Bible as he recognizes as the army of God is being defiled that God is stirring in him a cause. He's stirring in him something that he was supposed to step into. He says, then he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Saul was the king. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and, a, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Pause. 
Some of us are way too spiritual when we're reading this Bible. Y'all, y'all heard that, right? That is awesome. I mean, David is like, theologians say he's probably about 15 years old at this point. So King Saul is like, hey, bro, love the passion. You're too young. And he's like, let me tell you a couple stories from the field, pops. I was there watching daddy-o's sheep. A bear came, killed it. Lion came, killed it. The way I killed it was I grabbed it by its beard. And I won't go into detail because I know we have some vegans in the house. Um, I didn't say he ate it. You know, the Bible just says he killed Anyways, um, we'll, we'll move on. That, David is a bad, bad man, all right? He says that he killed it. He bought it, grabbed it by his beard, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised, now it gets personal, so just, if you got young kids, just earmuffs. Uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with the sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. I want, I want to use this text as our backdrop to speak on the subject, I see myself called. I see myself called. Do you see yourself called? Some of you are like, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not called the ministry. No, I'm, I'm talking about God's divine purpose for your life, not just a stage, not just a message, a sermon. I'm talking about God's plan for you. Can you see yourself called? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. When God looks at you, he sees you called. Because he knows what he put in you. He knows what he made you with. He knows what he created you with. So when he looks at you, he sees purpose. And I believe this. God created you for purpose, on purpose, and for a purpose. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. It wasn't an accident. He didn't create you and then be like, okay, now what are we going to do with this guy? In, in, in fact, did you know that the, the, the first job God ever gave, the first thing he ever did with Adam was he gave him a job. That's the first thing God did with Adam. This is good relationship advice for all the single ladies in the house. First thing God gave a man was a job, so you can look for one too, all right? It's like, okay, I need a man with a J-O-B, job. That's good. It's important to God, all right? So some of you are like, man, he has potential. Yeah, that potential doesn't pay the bills. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's got potential to pay rent one day. Well, that sounds like a beautiful life. That's amazing. All right. I won't get in your business too much. That, that one's for free, okay? We're not talking about I can see myself married. We're saying I can see myself called. Just got stick to stick in the vein here. I can see myself called. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. When God created you, he didn't have to think about what he could do with you or what he should do with you. He prepackaged you with an assignment. He prepackaged you with purpose. He prepackaged you with a calling, with a desire. He, he put inside of you a, 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 a specific skill set that is able to accomplish the purpose that God put in your life. You, you know, the, the number one question people are facing today in our culture is, why am I here? 
Why am I on the planet? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? What am I doing with my life? What do I do with my gifts? What am I supposed to do for a job? What do I do after college? What do I do now? Purpose. People are so void of purpose that we have a wandering generation of just, I don't know, I guess I'm just supposed to survive. But I want to challenge you that what, you're, what you need to do as a man or woman of God is begin to see yourself the same way that God sees you. And when you look at yourself, I'm going to tell you, you have to see yourself called. You got to see yourself called by God. A calling is not a job. A calling is not just an occupation. A calling is something deeper than the thing that I do every day. It's something that's in my heart. It's something that God has fashioned me for. I see myself called. For David, he went through a whole series of events that we'll make mention of today. A series of events that I believe helped him see himself called. And the first thing you see David do, David do is he identifies his cause. David was a shepherd. David was in the fields. And he was in the fields because his dad told him to go to the fields. I want you to know this, that if you're going to be used by God, you're going to need two, we call them the S words of Christianity. All right? You're going to need, you're going to, need to be submitted and you're going to need to serve. This, this is how God uses people. He uses submitted people, and he uses people that are willing to serve. You know why David was in the fields? Because his dad told him to go to the fields. That's why. He was submitted to his dad, and so he went and served. He went and served in the place that his dad told him to go. I'm going to tell you, submission is a bad word in the church these days. It's like, I want to do my own thing. We're all spiritual Rambos, doing our own thing, our own way. And I want you to know this. God designed the church to work together in unity. I don't care if you're a CEO of a major company. You better have somebody in your life that can speak into your life and tell you no. Every person in this room, every person in this world, you need to have somebody in your life that tells you no. I used to think, man, someday it's going to be so nice to like have a job or have a position where I don't answer to anyone. You know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, there's, never, there's not a spot. There's never a place. There's never a position where you don't need somebody speaking in to your life. That you've got to be surrendered. You've got to be submitted. And you've got to be willing to serve. That is how David found himself in the field. And listen to this. This is how David got to the battlefield. People think like, man, God must, have, God must have been fashioning David. And then once Goliath showed up, that Jesse, his dad, called to him, David, there is a giant on the horizon. We need your skills. David was like just like taking care of the sheep. And he said, uh, hey, David, like your brothers are hungry. Could you bring them lunch? This is how David identified his calling. By serving. By, by serving. So he takes his brother's lunch and while he's bringing them lunch, he hears the rumors from the army, from the warriors, from his brothers. He hears the rumors of people saying, what are we going to do about Goliath? What are we going to do about Goliath? He's defiling the armies of God. And this is the scripture that we read in the beginning. He says, wait, what are you saying? Is there not a cause? What he's saying is something now has provoked him to a place where he says, I've got to fight. There, there, somebody has to do something. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to make a difference. And I'll tell you this, God will oftentimes use obstacles in our way to reveal his purpose for our lives. Did you, did you know Goliath, although he was a giant that was in the path of, of the Israelite army and of David, it was also an opportunity for God to reveal 
the power of God in David. See, sometimes the way that you find your cause, the way that you find your purpose is by when you walk through trouble or you walk through difficulty, then you begin to identify what your purpose is. You begin to identify what you're called to do. You begin to identify what exactly God has shaped or fashioned in your life. You know what? I've learned who I am by the things I've gone through. I didn't just like learn out, learn the skills I had by everything going great. I learned the skills I had by going through hell and figuring out what works for me. Your cause is oftentimes revealed by your enemy. Your, your purpose is oftentimes revealed by the things that irritate you. They're revealed to you by the, you guys all right? There we go, just, that's good. Just, just help, just help, you can help them out at the door if you need help. That's good. And if she needs help, just get her some help so we can help her out. You guys all right? We, we oftentimes are revealed, the purpose is revealed by the things that we walk through. Now, for me, we're, you've, you've heard about this, we're remodeling some parts of our house. And it's, I, think I, I think I found a new calling. I, I, really, for real, this is like, I got a lady that's helped me at the house, and, and, and she's really good at what she does. And she said if, if pastoring doesn't work out, she'd hire me. This is for real. I'll tell you what I can do. I can find a straight line. And I know if something's crooked. I don't need a level. I don't need nothing. I can see it. I'm like, that's, that's crooked. That's crooked. Then I'll just go get the level just to confirm my suspicion. And I have been correct. I'm just going to tell you. I'm like, I'm lethal on that straight edge. So if this, if this doesn't work out for me, I'm just going to tell you. You're going to see me working. We're going to see me work. I'm going to be an inspector. I'm going to be like, that's not straight. That's not straight. That's not. I mean, that's just like. You, you, I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes the thing that provokes you actually is an indicator of your purpose. I'm not talking about things that annoy you. I'm not talking about things, injustice that you can't settle for. Something that stirs in you. And you wonder, why, why isn't this affecting everybody else? Because God called you to affect it. That's why it doesn't bother everybody else. Because there's something in you that God is beginning to irritate, that God is beginning to stir, that you're beginning to identify what your cause is. David identified his cause. But the second thing you see David do is David said yes to the fight. David said yes to the fight. See, for many of us, we, we find out what our cause is. We've got our, we've got our top ten causes, things that we love. But a cause is not just to have a cause. A cause also has to be responded to. This is what the scripture says. It says, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, the giant. Your servant, your... you ever think of yourself as a servant? Your servant. When we think of giant killer, that's exact. we think giant killer. On my tombstone, just let it be, Dustin Bates, AKA giant killer. Like, th this, is, this is what David said. He goes, I'll go fight him. Here I am, a servant. I'm, I'm a servant. So what he does is he has a yes in his spirit for whatever God is asking him to do. Do you know what the key to being used by God is having a yes in your spirit? It's having a willing heart, a willing spirit to say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know what I found about God is that a lot of times the things that he leads me into that I say yes to, don't look like the finished product. You could ask Joseph about this because all of a sudden now he's sold into slavery, he's in prison, and he's like, but his gift worked for him. 
Wherever he was, his gift worked for him. Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him. Wherever you are, your gift has to produce for you. You see, even in private and in public, you'll see wherever it is, that yes in your spirit. This is how many of us, we want to pick out our causes. We, we want to say, okay, God, like show me, show me all these callings, and then I'll pick out one. Like, here's a calling, uh, a little too much risk, no. That one, mm, not enough popularity, no. This, ah, not enough stage time, no. And then, oh, that one, that, that's all right, yes. That's not how you pick the call of God. The call of God is blind. The call of God is you don't know how much it's going to cost, what it's going to require. The call of God is yes. God, the answer is yes. Whatever you're asking from me, whatever you need from me, the answer is yes. Calling is God's job, but responding is ours. I think sometimes we think like the, the call of God is like how we call our puppy. Hey, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, come here. God's got a treat for you, Johnny. And, and, and we're, like, we're like, you know, like coming to God. That's not God's calling. Theologians say that the call of God, commentaries that are talking about specific about the call of God in Romans chapter 8, the call of God, it's this picture. It is the picture of Jesus speaking to Lazarus in the tomb when he said, come out. That's the call. Because not only was it a call, it also accompanied the power to make it happen. See, when God calls you to do something, it is not like, see what you can do. Do a trick for God. Do something fancy. Do something special. Whenever God calls you, it is also accompanied with the power to accomplish the thing that he's asking you to do, which means that God will never ask something from you that he has not already given you the ability to accomplish. That means he's put in you the power, the skill set, whatever you need to accomplish that thing. He's given it to you. Calling is not complete until it's obeyed. Calling's not complete. I got a call. What are you doing about it? Well, I've been really active on social media. Hey, I'm just going to tell you, social media is not working. All right? I, I talk to more people that have been damaged by social media than helped. I have not heard any people lately come to me and say, Pastor, man, I saw that post by so-and-so, and wow, like changing my views. Never. It's like, oh, I switched political parties. My goodness, that was an incredible Facebook post. Never. I do hear, yeah, pastor, I'm never going to church because I see what those Christians say. I see what Christians post. I see how much hate and division there is in the church. I see how much, I do, I do hear that. Social media doesn't cut it. I'm talking about a real response, a life response, a response that says, Jesus, I'm in, I'm willing. The answer is yes. If you need me to serve in the fields, yes. If you need me to bring lunch to the warriors, yes. If you need me to fight the giant, yes. That's all it was with David. David had a perpetual yes. We think, wow, what a promotion from the shepherd to the lunch guy to the giant killer. It wasn't a promotion. It was the same answer. Yes, yes, and yes. Third thing you see from uh, David is he had to defy the odds. He had to defy the odds. This is what Saul says to him. He says, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to go fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. I remember when I took over the church, people, I, I, a lot of people tell me this, well, uh, you're too young. I'm like, okay, 
what else should we talk about? Like, there's nothing else I can, there's nothing I can do about that. Age is the one thing I cannot change. Come back in 10 years? I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, well, you're too young to preach that much revelation. Okay? Like, you, you should tell that to the lifeguard next time he tries to save you. Like, you're too young. Like, you could take, you could take the inner tube or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's... In any obedience to God, you are going to have to defy the odds. People love you when you're losing. They don't exactly love you when you're winning. I'm going to tell you this. Everybody can give everybody a hand up when they're above them. But when you begin to step forward in your walk and your call and your abilities and your talents and your gifts begin to make room for you, people change. And there will always be haters and there will always be naysayers and there will always be doubters. That is why you have to know what God says about you. That's why you got to be able to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I see myself called. I see myself chosen. I see myself anointed. It's not arrogance, friend. It's confidence. It's understanding. It's not me. It's God in me. It's not my talent, not my ability, but it's God using this vessel. And when you understand that, you're able to look yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, yeah, I can. I can see myself called. For some of you, that's such, such a, a jump of faith, a leap of faith, to even think about looking at yourself and saying, I see myself called. But I want to ask you this. What's telling you that you're not? What kind of qualifications are you throwing at yourself? It says, oh, you should have, you should have done Bible college. You should, have, you should have went to cemetery. I mean, seminary. You should have, you should, sorry. Um, moving on. You should, you should have done this or done that. All of those qualifications are man-made qualifications. On a God-given call? Listen, listen, okay. David is about to go fight Goliath. And I'm just going to tell you this. We think of David and we think like, dude, David is a lethal killer. He's grabbing lions by the beard. and You know, like this, this, this dude is crazy. This dude is a 15-year-old boy. Right, that, that's what he is. And I'm going to tell you, I love our band. Our band is incredible. Love them. I mean, just they're next level. But I'm just going to tell you, if I'm going to fight, the band's not the first people I'm going to to join me. Okay, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, okay? Well, when we find David, David is a master at playing the harp. Right? I was never good at charades, but I'm just trying, okay? So this is a harp. I'm trying to play it. That's not, that's not my picture of a giant killer. I mean, maybe you got a different picture, but that's not like, oh, wow, yeah, great strong fingers, uh, you know, great ear, be able to hear the whistling of an arrow. I mean, I, I don't know. That's not what I'm thinking about. David's out there just, just worshiping. And God's like, yeah, that's, that's my guy. That's my, I want you to know that that's how God actually is looking to you. That's, that's my girl right there. That's my guy. Yeah, look at him. That's awesome. I don't care if anybody else would pick you for a fight or not. It's not about you and your qualifications, your skills. Anyways, it's about God's choosing. It's about God's calling. It's about God's, and he might find something in you that you have that no one else can see. And it's him that determines the battle anyways. So I'm going to trust what he says. And so he tells David that in David begins to work in private what God would display in public. And that's what you have to know about a calling. If you're really going to be used by God, it's got to work in private. Some people say, well, I'll really get serious about God once I get on the platform. No, you got to get serious about God when nobody sees you, when you're hidden, when 
when you're covered up, when no one sees your gift, when no one's promoting you, when no one identifies the anointing that's on your life, that's the place that you have to really do well. And what you do in private will be, I'm I'm just going to tell you, greatness can't be hidden for very long. That's why I said Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him. It makes space. It kicks out the walls. It kicks out the boundaries. And some people say, well, I will only really use my gift if I have a large enough crowd. I will only use my gift if people give me the right title. I will, no, is it a gift or not? It's interesting. A gift is, 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 you know what a gift is, right? Gift is given. That means it's not even mine to begin with. It's been given. The only reason I have anything is because of the grace of God that has given it to me. If you listen to the wrong voices, they will always give you a reason that God shouldn't use you. What's telling you that God shouldn't use you? Who's telling you that God shouldn't use you? Man, my past is telling me. Oh, my, my, my mistakes are telling me. That, that, oh, I don't know if God can use me. No, God can use you. And you know what I'm telling you this? God wants to do something in this service, in this moment, right now. It's not by accident you're at this service today. It's not by accident that you're in this room. God has a divine appointment for you. And what God's trying to do is awaken a cause inside of you. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy hates that we're even talking about this. Because if you recognized who you were and the threat you were to the kingdom of darkness, you would change your living. If you could actually see yourself called, if you could actually see yourself as a man of God or a woman of God, if you could actually see yourself as a leader, it would change the way you live. It would change the way you walk. It would change the way you parent. It would change the way you lead. It would change the way you serve if you could see yourself called. Last thing he does is he uses what's in his hand. I, I love this because Saul, when David finally convinces him, like, okay, like, we're gonna let you go fight Goliath, which wasn't very admirable of Saul. Because he make, it kinda, the text kind of makes it sound like he's like, all right, young lad, go and fight Goliath. You know, and, and it's like honorable. But Saul was too scared to fight him himself. So he's just saying like, that's right. Go do it. Have fun. I'll be, I got your back. Way back, 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 back. I mean, that's, that's what's happening. So then Saul's like, man, you're about to get slaughtered. Like, at least take my armor. At least put what was on me on you. Take my sword. Take my weapon. Can I tell you some, one, some of the greatest detriments to your call is trying to put on someone else's armor and use someone else's weapon. No, you got to use what, what works for you. You got to use your personality, your individuality. Listen, you can still be an individual and be submitted. Being submitted doesn't mean that you are a that you imitate everything. It just means you're submitted to a voice. It doesn't mean you're a robot. You're just a replica of someone else. No, you are an individual. You have an individual gift, an individual cause, an individual style, and that style should be able to be expressed, and that personality should be able to be used. But the world, sometimes the church, will try to put their armor on you. Well, the only way you're going to, oh, man, that's a big cause. The only way you're going to be able to do that is you got to take this. And David puts on the armor, and he says, honestly, probably at first, David was probably, like, feeling pretty good. He's got the king's armor on. He's a 15-year-old boy. He's like, hey, you know, looks pretty good. But he said he tried to move, and he said it, it didn't fit. 
Your calling will never fit if you're trying to put someone else's armor on. Someone else's gift, someone else's weapons. It'll, it, just, it just won't, it won't fit. So he finally says, take it off. And this is what I believe God's doing today. God is encouraging us to take off words, titles, labels, curses, clothing, armor, anything that from someone else that has been put on us that has got in the way of what God wants to do with you. And this is what, I love this. It says, David, David took his, his staff and his sling. The sling, the same thing that worked in private was the thing that was going to work in public. The same thing that killed the lion and the bear was the same thing that was... See, most people are like, they only use the weapon that works in public. I'm going to tell you this. It's not public to private. It's always private to public. If you're going to have longevity as a man or woman of God, it always has to be from the inside out, not the outside in. Which means what Jesus said, don't just wash the outside of the dish. You got to wash the inside. You got to make sure the inside's right. You got to make sure in private, I've got to give myself in consecration and in obedience to God. I got to, I got to use, I got to use what he gave me. If my passion is only on Sundays, if my passion is only for the stage, it'll never last. It's got to be a private passion that is displayed publicly. It's got to be private consecration that is displayed publicly. It's got to be private, yes, that is displayed publicly. It always has to come from the inside out. David learned how to worship, how to war, how to serve when nobody saw him, but he was ready. When the cause confronted him, he was ready. Because of private battles that he had fought and won, he was ready for the public battle that came right to his door. And because he used what was in his hand, which tells me this, you got to use what you have. I don't really have anything. What do you have? All I have is a bunch of heartache. Perfect. Got to use it. All I have is a bunch of mistakes. Perfect. I can't relate with perfection anyways. I don't know why we try to be perfect. Nobody in this room can relate with that perfection. You're actually a worse leader if you're perfect. Who's going to relate with you? Well, let me just tell you how I was perfect. That doesn't help me. I'm not. I want to know how you made mistakes, but you got back up. I want to know how you went through doubts, but then you still had faith. I want to know how you screwed up, but then like you got back up and then you, you forgave. I, I want to know how you walk. Whatever you've been through is your weapon. That's your weapon. That's what God's going to use. That's what God is going to use. You know, you know what he said to Moses? This is funny. He, he's calling Moses to deliver the people of Israel. And, and Moses is making all kinds of excuses. I can't talk. Like, well, how are we going to do this? Pharaoh, they're going to kill me. All of these things. And, th and this is what God says. He says, what's in your hand? Moses is like, yeah, anyways, I was saying, like, big enemy, God. Like, this is, this is serious. God says, what's in your hand? He's like, oh, God, you're like ADD. Like, focus. I need to know how to win the battle. He's, he says, what's that in your hand? What do you already have? Not what does someone else have? Not what does some other leader have? What do you have? You know, still to this day, a lot of times on Sunday mornings, I'll get up and I'll look in the mirror and I'll tell myself, speak to me. I see myself called. I see myself anointed. This is what God's called me to do. This is my yes 
This is my assignment. God would never call me to something that I would fail at. God would never call me something that I'm not gifted to do. And I'll speak to myself and I'll say, Dustin, you are a man of God. You have the mind of Christ. You hear God. You hear his voice. You can sense his presence. I'll speak to myself. Because if you can't see yourself the way God sees you, you will never be able to live out what God has for you. You have to be able to see it. And can you see yourself call? This is what the book of Jeremiah says. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before. This is really key. Before. Before. Not after. Not after you made mistakes or after you did good things. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. You know what I used to think? Why don't I fit in, God? You don't fit in because God set you apart. You're not supposed to fit in. You're not supposed to just be one of the guys. You're not supposed to just fit in the guy. You're different because there's a cause in you. You're different because you're called. You're different because God sees and has placed something in you that he wants you to see for yourself. And when you see it, your whole world is going to change. When you see it, your whole marriage is going to change. When you see it, your whole family is going to change. When you actually see yourself called. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you, which means God gave me my purpose before I earned it or before I lost it. God has already prepackaged you with everything you're going to need to fulfill your purpose. I'm not saying you don't learn. I'm not saying you don't grow. I'm just saying that you've got the ingredients already to be what God has called you to be. Can you see yourself called? No, I feel like, I really feel like this. I feel like what God's doing in this room, in this moment, is he's awakening some of us to understand that there's just more than the nine to five. God will use you on your nine to five. You just got to understand that you and you, your life here is about God using it for his glory and for his purpose. And I think what he's asking for today is just a yes a yes, not a yes if, not a yes but, not a yes and, just a yes. God, whatever you want, the answer is yes. And this is my prayer for a church, is that we would not just be a club, we would not just be a crowd, we wouldn't just be a collection of campuses, we would be a movement of people that believe that we're called. Not that our pastor is called, not that our band is called, but we are called. We're called by God. We're chosen by God. We're going to make a difference in our world. We're going to make a difference in our school. We're going to make a difference in our workplaces and universities because we know and we see that God has called us. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.